0: I would just like to say, I love being an entrepreneur. If you're, if you are, if you're in, in, if you're thinking about it and you've always wanted to do it, don't let anything hold you back. It's, it's really just hard work and time, but it's worth every ounce of effort that you put towards it. And there's nothing more fulfilling. You just, it's, it's a great, it's a great feeling, and it, it's, um, you've got to go for it. Welcome to Clicks and Bricks podcast. We talk about the entrepreneur mindset everything from that main street brick and mortar to that billion dollar manufacturer. Be sure to head over to clicksandbricksacademy.com so you can access all the resources to start improving your sales today.
1: Today, I'm talking with Kelly. She is the co-founder and the co-owner of Work With Your Hands Recruiting Employment Services. How are you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing great, how are you? Fantastic, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Before we jump into what is work with your hands, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how you got to this work with your hands concept that you and your friend founded together?
0: Um, well, my name is Kelly Rallett Pressgrave. I um, live in Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C., and I. Um, I am the mother of three beautiful children that are now almost grown. I uh, started a business work with your hands with my business partner about three and a half years ago. And we came up with the concept when we were together on a business trip with our spouses and it just really evolved naturally. Um, we both are uh, love people. We love talking to people and we know the um, the industry that our spouses are in. And it was just a natural evolution to um to start a a recruiting company. And it's been really fun ever since then.
1: Wonderful. So work with your hands is, obviously you've got bigger aspirations than where you're currently at, but right now you specialize in specifically residential service providers. Is that pretty accurate or clear that up? So say how you actually do it. So I don't butcher (laughs) what you actually do.
0: Okay, so we are a boutique agency that does direct placement, so we don't do any staffing, so no temp to hire nothing like that it's full it's full time direct play part or part time but it's direct placement, Um, our niche is really in um, residential service companies who need um, plumbers HVAC techs electricians management. Um, salespeople, any apprentices, things like that. That's our main vertical. We do have some construction clients that um, look for labor and mechanics and and different things like that as well. We do, ex- it, um, this year we will expand that vertical of construction, but our main, um, what, we, what we mainly do is work with residential service companies and we love working with those companies. We have clients nationwide, um, you know, coast to coast and everywhere in between.
1: Okay, and you kind of chose that niche because that's what your you and your partners, both your husbands, were in that industry.
0: Yeah, it just came naturally. That was um, not my. For, I've always wanted to start my own business. I've had many ideas, many ideas that failed, um, many ideas that took a lot of uh, a lot of startup costs, or they were had other barriers to entry if they were super technical things like that. So um, this was. Not my first idea, but it was the first idea that had um, the low cost to entry. It was doable. It was, um, you know, you could learn it pretty easily. So I did take a, a couple of classes from Cornell to learn recruiting, um, and it was super fun. So um, it was, it was just one of those things that evol- it just, it just became um, really easy. There was, there was nothing stopping us from doing it, like the other things I would thought of.
1: Okay, and we talked a little bit about your history before we jumped on the show. So just to summarize, 17 years ago, you left the telecom industry and now you're a stay-at-home mother and you did that for 17 years, correct? Correct. Now, when when it was time to go, the kids are out or grown, at least mostly grown, uh, and they're, they're at least self-sufficient. You had to make a decision. Am I gonna go back to work or start a business? Was that a a conscious decision? Or did this really just embrace and and flow for you?
0: Uh no, it was a conscious decision. It was, I was looking for something. The kids definitely, I mean, when I was stay-at-home mom, I was doing it a hundred percent. I'm the kind of person that anything I do, I not do overboard, but I just I really get into it. I'm laser focused. I was very much like that when I was a stay-at-home mom, a room mom, things like that. But um but I I felt like when the kids didn't need me anymore, they some had gone to college, some were still in high school, but they were getting there. And I just wanted something else to do. It was um I, I you know I've always felt like I used my brain. I always read a lot. I've always stayed on top of things, but I was really um, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I just felt like now's the time there was, um, it was, you know, a lot of things in life happened because of the timing and this was, the timing was perfect.
1: Okay. So you knew well, you had to make the decision and this kind of happened more naturally. Mm-hmm. If, if this would not have happened, do you think you would have went back to kind of a corporate American job or just stay where you were?
0: No, I would have found something to do. I would have started my own business somehow.
1: Somehow, it may really, not have been really, this one, but some something would have ended up happening. I think that's yeah. just in in some of our blood that we have to we have to do something. Thank you so much for making a decision to stay at home with your family and and playing that role. I think it's wildly undervalued in our country today of what stay at home mothers do, and I think that investment in your kids is going to really help our future as a whole. And I know it's not easy to do because my wife and I made the same decision and there are its own challenges in that. So thank you so much for for making that decision and moving forward. Now, with that being said, we're in a time in 2022 where we're still in this, what they're calling the great resignation, right? And, And I believe that there's a lot of good that happens with that, but there's also a lot of bad that happens with that. The good is that I think more people are staying at home and spending more quality family time together but it's really hurting business. What does the Great Resignation mean to a company like you, where you're recruiting people to work? And at at least the narrative in the country right now is that it's really hard to find people that that either are capable of working or they just don't seem to want to work. How do you feel about that today?
0: Yeah, that's there's a lot of uh, aspects to that. So there are people. I feel like during the pandemic we did have in the you know we are really recruiting in the trades so during pandemic when there was a lot of government subsidies subsidies going out we did see a drop in or uh, people who wanted to who wanted to work we saw a drop in applications we saw a lot of people that were just afraid of covid but there were a lot of people out there that were making do with what the government was giving them and they were fine so there's that aspect of people just not wanting to work There's now, I think the great resignation is that um, they know, everyone knows it's a candidate's market. So it's just like if you are, you you know, any situation, whether it's that maybe the housing market is really down. If you're looking for housing, you're gonna do that because the housing prices are advantageous for you. So right now it's a candidate's market. Candidates know they have the upper hand. If for no other reason, they can go out and find, get another offer and um, kick the tires somewhere else, take that offer to their current employer and get more money at their current employer. They, um, you know, they may resign because for a variety of reasons, we've seen a lot of, we've seen a good and bad. So we've seen people who are, you know, for instance, one person, he went, he's in a TSA, um, he's a TSA agent, he decides he wants to be a plumber. He doesn't want to do that anymore. He's resigning, but he's going to a completely different industry. And then we've had someone who was in HVAC sales who made a lot of money doing that. He decides he wants to be an airline pilot. So I think people for whatever reason, maybe the pandemic just stirred up this, You know, uh, we don't have an infinite amount of time and do what you want to do. If there's something you're passionate about, don't wait, like go do it. If you're in a job that you hate, don't keep doing it. Find something that you love. And if you're with an employer that doesn't value you as a, as an employee, you don't have to be in that job anymore. There are other jobs out there. So you have a lot more freedom than maybe you thought. So we see it, you know, some pros and cons of it.
1: Right. I really don't like the narrative of these kids today just don't want to work because I don't find that to be true at all. When I'm talking to, people in their twenties and early thirties right now, I think what's really happening is that they're finally realizing that they have other options that when I was a kid, like my highest anxiety was where am I going to get a job? How am I get a job? Who's going to hire me? But today, if you want to work, you can Uber, you can Postmates, you can do a lot of different things, a lot of different options people have available to them. And, they can be their unique self and do those jobs. There's a lot of work at home jobs, so I think the employment market is going to be pretty crazy for some time as this this new Internet 3.0, 2.0 kind of you know settles in totally and becomes you know long long term a part of our life where this work on demand life lives. But then Internet 3.0 is just going to amplify that even more, and, and people are going to be able to do whatever they want to do. So my gut feeling on the trade services, even the residential trade services, to get somebody to come to your house to do what would simply be really simple work before, it's gonna cost you a lot more in the future than it did maybe two or three years ago. Because I think the only thing you can really do is create great cultures or raise your prices to get people to come in, right? And by raising your prices, you're gonna pay your staff a lot more money to do those jobs.
0: Then that's happening anyway, because parts are more expensive. I mean, as a residential service company, they're seeing gas is higher, copper is higher, PPC is higher, Every everything they do, the cost to get the, I mean, it's just across the board, everything's higher. And you're right, labor is going to follow that trend right up. So um it it is going to be passed on to the consumer, I'm sure, at some point. And that's just part of inflation. But um, but yeah, the gig economy that probably threw a whole that's a whole different. There's so many factors that that went into the resignation that they're just it's there's a lot going on there. It's not one thing. And I agree there's you cannot do a generalization of one um. A demographic or one uh, generation and no. say that this generation doesn't want to work. Cause that is absolutely not true.
1: Right. Um, In I some ways they're know. more hustlers, right? Because they're getting yeah. out and they're, they're creating it on their own. They're not asking anybody for a handout or a paycheck. They're saying, Hey, I'm going to go out and create my own thing. They're making their own futures. I, I think it's yeah. great. I love it as a person, as, as a business owner, it is a challenge, right? So you primarily help service providers get staffing for their business and you do this nationwide correct correct if yes. somebody was a they had a service provider today plumbing electric um you know anything that's residential or even commercial how would they get in contact with you to have you place employees for them uh,
0: they can visit our website which is www with your hands hands has a z on the end.com um, our phone number is eight seven seven six seven nine eight seven nine one. 679 8791 um, you can email me at kelly at workwithyourhands.com. Um, but basically go into our website. We have a contact form on on our website. You can fill that out. It goes directly to us. And that would probably be the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of us.
1: Right. So if you're currently using one of the, you know, Zip Recruiters, Indeed, Monster, any of those services to get employees work with your hands is another option for you.
0: Yeah, and we use indeed we use ZipRecruiter. We use all those um all the the those things are are things that we use to make our business work. So um we're you know we use a lot of technology, we use a lot of vendors uh, to make our to make our magic happen behind the scenes. So um so yeah, anybody who has a residential service company, you need technicians, you need um you need the peop- people in the field and we can provide those for you.
1: So I know when I'm hiring an IT professional, I generally, for every 10 interviews, I get one quality candidate that I'm gonna make an offer to. What kind of ratio is that in the service industry for residential services? Do You have a number like that or is it really just kind of hit and miss? Now, I know that, and that was my number two years ago. Today, it's more like 50 to one. Like I, I reached out to 50 people to get one good candidate. And right. is, do you have a, a rough number for the service industry? If somebody was going to hire on their own, what's the average? How many people are going to talk to before they find that that great employee?
0: um Our our funnel, if you will, for and this is nationwide for all of our clients. We had a, over thirteen thousand applicants last year. We conducted I it was somewhere around like thirty, almost four thousand phone screens. If I if I have my numbers right, and then we. Sent over a thousand people to get three hundred who had offers made to them, and two hundred of those people made the offer. So, if you think about thirteen thousand people applied to two hundred actually got the job, I'm not sure what the math is on that, but it's, um yeah, it's 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 tough. It's very tough to find um, right. qualified people.
1: So, as a business owner, think about that: thirteen thousand applicants to 200 people place that's less than one yeah. percent of a turnover to get a quality candidate i don't find that number bizarre at all so your hr department for a for a service industry for a service provider i mean outsourcing that labor of the hr and of acquiring staff is to me is a no-brainer absolute right. no-brainer now we want to help all the service providers out there in the world regardless if they're used doing business with you or not If you were to give the advice to a service provider today, residential service provider on just one way they could start getting more revenue. If they implemented this process tomorrow, what would that tip be?
0: Um, That tip would be to, um, you know, and I think, I think most people know this, but uh, my tip is um, go with this, you know, um, do your uh, verification on the soft skills of the individual. You can, you can, Train the technical part of it, but you can't train someone always to be articulate, to ha- use their math.